it's time to head in the shop with Kirk, Brian, and Dan. I've been driving all night, my hands wet on the wheel. In the shop, your source for the latest information and advice on maintaining and repairing your vehicle on KGMI Newstalk 790, 96.5 FM in Bellingham, and KGMI.com. KGMI and the Cascade Radio Group receive financial compensation to present this program in its entirety. Opinions and information expressed are those of the host and or sponsors and do not necessarily reflect those of KGMI or the Cascade Radio Group. Good morning. You are in the shop. This is Brian from Dr. John's Auto Clinic here with Dan from Bellingham Automotive. Morning, Brian. Nice chilly morning. Yeah, you're getting a little cold at the door. Yeah, mi- minor <laughs> storm last night. Yeah, I, I dressed up, <laughs> a sweatshirt and a coat. Except up in the hills, big storm, lots yeah. of snow. But we're taking your calls, 360-676-KGMI. That's 676-5464. We'd always rather hear from our listeners and call early. Don't wait till the end of the show. We always end up with uh, the mad rush. The mad rush and, and callers that don't make it on. Yeah. So, you know, I was uh, listening to the news, speaking of storms, uh, a couple of days ago, and uh, the the pass got some snow, Snoqualmie Pass. Yes, it did. And uh, I don't know, they got a foot or so, and they, they put up the, you know, traction tires required, traction devices required, chains required, and, uh, you know, dozens of trucks, and I'm sure many cars as well, continued mm-hmm. on over the pass, ignoring the sign that said they need to chain up. Yeah. And uh, dozens of trucks ended up um, spinning out, <laughs> losing traction, blocking the highway um, up there. And the state patrol issued, uh, I don't know how many tickets it was, but they said every single vehicle that was stuck on the highway that did not chain up as required received a $500 ticket. Ouch. Ouch. So, uh, you know, pay attention to the past reports, the signs, the requirements, um, the DOT Twitter, the DOT X. Yeah, I might check before you leave. That's right. And keep those chains with you. There are situations, even if you have snow tires, all-wheel drive um, vehicles, that they do end up requiring you to at least have chains in the vehicle, um, but also to chain up under certain situations. Yeah. So, so don't think you can get passed without it. You may get bit with a $500 fine or worse yet, end up in a, a big wreck. Exactly. So looks like we've got a uh, caller in line here. We've got John this morning. Hello, John. Good morning. How are you doing this morning? We're doing great. How about you? Uh, Just kind of getting my day started. (laughs) Uh, My question, I have a 2005 Monte Carlo. It's kind of a project car. It's a 3.8 original supercharged car that belongs to my wife that I'm slowly restoring. I have some transmission codes that only go off when it's warm. 150,000 miles, and I and I just did fluid change on it, and now when it gets warm, it won't shift into into force. So I I think that something's probably let go inside the transmission, uh, being a front wheel drive car. But you know, my biggest question is: is it acceptable for me to pull the transmission and take it to somebody? Will they work on it? Will they warrant it? I, I, in most cases, I, I don't yeah, think absolutely. you'll have have a problem with absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously, yeah. you you bring in the a carry in unit to a transmission shop, they're going to build it, give you warranty on the part. If you're putting it in, they're not right. going to obviously warranty your labor. Question for you: When you did your no. trans, no. transmission service, did you pull the filter? I did. did I you, did. I changed the filter. Did you cut it open and Go look ahead. inside? You know, I didn't. It was. Uh, it didn't smell really bad. It wasn't super burned. Uh, but again, I don't know when the last time it was changed. Yeah, uh, yeah there's a know, lot. Yeah. There are a lot of things in that transmission that that can fail and leave mm-hmm. leave metal in the pan that'll get sucked up in the filter. That's why why Dan asked about that because your fluid can be perfectly clean, but but you lose a bearing or a sprag clutch or something in there. Yeah. It's going to leave some. Leave some signs behind in the pan that'll get sucked up in the filter, and that's why the filter's there. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of a right. telltale if you cut it open. Yeah, yeah, but you know, and I, I hear that you know after you change the fluid on these things, that it's it's they're kind of subject to fail after that. 
So I don't know if that's true or not. But There's some validity behind uh, that, but if your fluid looks clean, that's not a concern I would have. It's when the fluid exactly. looks bat- black and smells burnt that that's when that risk really starts to increase I on think, having a failure with new fluid. I think that's when Brian and I start warning people. <laughs> yeah, there's car, the, the fluid <laughs> looks bad, it may not drive after there are cars come in that that i won't i won't change the transmission fluid on and 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 maybe it'll be just fine but i don't want to be the guy that touched it last right before it fails Mm -hmm. (laughs) is there a big difference between a 4t65e and a 65e hd Ooh. That's a lot of difference that, in letters there. That is. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 so, I don't know. I have a, I have a feeling you okay. might you might be exceeding the depth of our knowledge on that question. That would be uh, Mark or Brad at Barrett Transmission. Yeah. Question. So it, you're yeah. In, you're in Whatcom County. I think both of us yep. are going to give you the same answer. And uh, and Dan just said it. I'll let him say it again because he yeah. was out with Dan last weekend. Yes, he was. Or he was out, out <laughs> Brad, Brad last weekend. Brad uh, Brad Barrett. Barrett Transmission, that's where I, I believe most of us use, uh, does a great job. Yeah. And he can answer. I mean, the guy knows more about <laughs> anything, any transmission stuff. Yeah. Than, and not only that, you're going to go in and tell them what kind of car you have, that it's the 3.8 supercharged car, because your average uh, average generic Monte Carlo from the mid-90s really isn't that big of a deal car, but you've got something that's maybe a little bit more special. Right. You know, they used a version of that for a pace car. You know, the Daytona 500, yeah. and and so so he's yeah. gonna, you're you're going to ask him that question about which transmission and what you need to do, and he's going to say, "Look, I've done a bunch of these, and here's the upgrades that I'm going to do to that transmission, and these design flaws that I'm going to fix when I rebuild it, and and you're going to get something back that was better than it was original. I can pretty much guarantee it. And I can give you a little tip when talking to Brad when he starts to talk so far into the transmission over your head, just roll your eyes way back in your head. He'll see it and he'll slow down. <laughs> he's kind of he a, slows down a lot for me. He's a little bit of a gear geek. He is a gear geek. But that's who you want in charge of your transmission rebuild. Hey, fantastic! You know the car is so special that my brand new pickup sits outside, and her car sits in the garage. There you so. go. <laughs> that's what my car sits right. outside. My wife's is in the garage too, and, and yeah, that's the way it's yep. supposed to be. There you go. Awesome. Hey, thank you, guys. Hey. I appreciate the help. Yeah, right. thanks for the call. Absolutely. And, you know, when we get questions at, at the shop, somebody will come in asking things about that for a transmission, or we get calls on the show here. You know, when we get when we get out of our depth, mm-hmm. and for, for a technician, an auto shop owner, you know, if somebody comes in with a car that we don't have that base knowledge on or we don't have the tools on, it's not part of our primary focus, um, you got to know when to when to back off and when to have somebody to refer right. them to, right. and, and we do that on a regular basis with cars. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, when you're talking to a shop and bringing your car, and you know, ask them if it's something they work on or they're comfortable work on, or if they would prefer to send you somewhere else. We 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 don't like getting in over our head. No. We like being prepared, <laughs> educated, informed, and tooled up to take care of a job. Correct. And and so like we don't rebuild transmissions in house. Neither do we. Um, you know, we've dealt with Brad, other transmission shops, and others. We replace a lot of transmissions mm-hmm. and take care of a lot of rebuilds and install remanufactured remanufactured transmissions. But we do we do in our shop shop what we do best. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Well, I think uh, maybe we'll squeeze in another call before the break. It looks like we've got another John. Hello, hello, hey, John. John. Yeah, good morning. Uh, I've got a ninety nine. Ford heavy-duty power stroke, and uh, my glow clubs have quit glowing. So what's happening? It's probably pretty hard to start right about now. Yeah, Yeah, it doesn't just uh, spring to life in this cold weather. No, no. You know, interesting that you that you bring that truck up, uh, truck up, because I've got one parked down at home, and I, I think Dan has I've one got parked the same at home. One. <laughs> um, and uh, that, that's I, that that's the Ford Power Stroke that you don't have to bulletproof because it comes stock it that does. way. It does. Um, you know, we don't it, win any races though. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. They're, they'll probably beat my car. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you know, the diesel. The diesel fuel to ignite um, really needs to have a little bit of, of heat in there, whether it's existing engine heat from the engine being warmed up or a glow plug to get it to, 
to ignite when the engine's really cold. And you know, there's a few things that can go wrong. One, to plug a scan tool into it um, or bring it into a shop right. and check with a scan tool. There's a few different things that, that may come up. There's a blow, glow plug controller, a couple of glow plug relay, and then the glow plugs. And a lot of times you'll have a code that will point you in the, the right direction on what's causing the problem there. Okay, so so they can they can scan and see what's happening? They, yeah, they can they can get the direction off the scan, and then you can ohm test the the glow plugs. You can okay, yeah. you know, oh, you can so narrow it down. Usually, usually you've got like like four areas. I mean, there's a temperature sensor that's going to tell the computer that yes, we need to turn on the glow plugs. There's okay, a glow plug controller that's going to control the glow plugs and the glow plug relay that applies power to the glow plugs, and then there's the glow plugs and wiring. It's really not that complicated of a system. Um, access is a little tough. <laughs> access can be a little bit tough, um, but should be pretty straightforward to solve. If you've owned a diesel for a while, you're you're prepared as everything tends to be a little bit expensive yeah. when working on a diesel. Rather, whether it's diagnostics or the actual repair, just cost yeah. of parts and yeah. cost of labor gets gets up there pretty quick. Okie doke. Well, I thank you. Absolutely, and I and if you're using starting fluid, I'd probably recommend trying to get that fixed sooner rather than later. I I'm, I I don't use any starting fluid. Okay, good for you. Mm-hmm. It's not <laughs> that. <laughs> there there are oh, times you know, when it might be necessary, but but as a regular course of action is isn't always. Oh, it's, it's got three hundred and thirty thousand on it, so it's 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 it's, uh, it's, it's broken. Just broken. <laughs> it, it's done a good job. Okay, I appreciate it. All right, hey, thank thanks you. for the call. Yeah, it, it's amazing on those old power strokes. Mine has just over three hundred thousand on it. And Mine just tipped two. Yeah, and and runs beautifully. Yep. Um, it's developed a minor oil leak. Um, yeah, you got one of those too. Yeah, <laughs> it'll get fixed here pretty soon. Yeah, um, me too. But has has been a great truck. I don't give it a lot of use, but for what we use it for, it works fabulous. Yeah, mine too. All right, we're going to take another break here, then take some more calls. 360-676-KGMI. You are in the shop with Brian from Doctor John's Auto Clinic. And Dan from Bellingham Automotive. When I think about my grandparents, it takes me back to warm memories of meals shared around their dining room table and laughter exchanged around their fireplace. Hi, I'm Brad Barron, CEO and fourth generation Barron at Barron Heating, AC, Electrical, and Plumbing. Over 50 years ago, my grandfather installed Barron's first fireplace in one of Whatcom County's newest developments, Sudden Valley. Grandpa Dan took great pride in his craftsmanship, ensuring that every fireplace or stove he installed was truly the heart of his customer's home. Today, Barron continues his tradition by providing providing beautifully crafted hearth products through its Firelight by Baron division. Featuring America's best-known brands of stoves, fireplaces, and inserts, a Baron Firelight expert can help you build your perfect flame. Visit a Baron showroom today and get a free solo stove with purchase of a fireplace, stove, or insert. It's Baron's gift to you this holiday season to create warm, lasting memories both in and outside your home. Firelight by Baron, a tradition of warmth and beauty since 1972. Our mission, improving lives. Limited time offer. Call Baron for details. Sold to bidder 126. The January consignment equipment auction at Meridian Equipment in Laurel is scheduled to begin on December 30th. The auction will be held online. Consignments are now being taken until the auction commences on December 30th. Meridian Equipment, selling and servicing new and used farm and light industrial equipment for over 70 years. Open weekdays from 8 to 4.30 and Saturdays from 8 to 11.30 on Guide Meridian in Laurel. Visit meridianeq.com today to consign your equipment for the January auction. Dr. John's Auto Clinic, located in Bellingham on Kentucky Street, is here for your auto repair and service needs. Trusted and affordable auto repair in Bellingham for over 25 years. Ask about their oil change and maintenance inspections. You can hear Brian from Dr. John's Auto Clinic every Saturday on In the Shop on Newstalk 790 KGMI. Or check out Dr. John's Auto Clinic at djautoclinic.com. And on Facebook for the latest in auto repair news. Dr. John's Auto Clinic, reliable, honest, and a part of this community for over 25 years. At Puget Sound Energy, we're proudly aspiring to reduce our own emissions to net zero and to go beyond by helping others reduce carbon across Washington. Together, we're investing in local renewables, strengthening the electric grid, helping customers switch to electric vehicles, innovating with low-carbon resources, supporting our communities, and saving energy along the way. Together, we're creating a clean energy future. 
mornings are busy. That's why the KGMI Morning News is your perfect ticket to the world. While you rush to get ready, hear the very latest local, state, and national news, your KGMI AccuWeather forecast, sports with Mark Skolton, the latest money news, and all the information you need for a great start to your day. The KGMI Morning News, 6 to 9 a.m. each weekday on KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM, and KGMI.com. The opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of KGMI or the Cascade Radio Group. Welcome back. You are in the shop. Brian from Dr. John's Auto Clinic. Dan from Bellingham Automotive. A shout out to Kirk, our co-host from Angler Automotive. Hanging out with his boys this morning. Yep. Probably having some biscuits and gravy. Mm, yeah, probably. Maybe. <laughs> probably. And uh, taking your calls, 360-676-KGMI. Looks like we have Jeannie on the line. Good morning. Oh, hi. Hey, thanks hey. for taking the call. Absolutely. I have a 2004 Toyota Sienna. It's 170,000 miles. It's mechanically been really kept up. It's a great car. And... The engine tech engine light has been mostly on for the last few months, and it's apparently the knock sensors or bank knock sensors. And it's in a location that is an expensive repair, though the part is not expensive. And I'm trying to figure out whether I need to get that fixed and how critical it is to fix it and then the long-term effects if I don't. And I've read a lot about it, and I can't figure it out. So I thought I'd call you guys. Yeah, I think you'll you'll get some some different answers, especially if you're researching on the internet on that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I'll, I'm going to start with this: is is the check engine light can come on for many different reasons, and uh, and and at this point, you know, it's on for the knock sensors, and somebody can clear the code, and it'll probably come back on for the knock sensor. Mm-hmm. Um, but you get into this this pattern of assuming that that light's just on because of the knock sensors. And, and to be honest with you, there are a lot of other things that are more common to set codes on that than the knock sensors and a lot of things that are more serious than the knock sensors. Um, and so the, the problem is assuming that the light is there for the knock sensor when something else goes wrong, you don't know. Um, it becomes the little red light that cried wolf or the little amber light that cried mm-hmm. wolf. And Yeah, and, I've checked that this problem of mine, whether to fix it or not. Yeah. So. And then you just ignore it. Something else happens. It is more serious, and you end up stranded on the side of the road during a rainstorm in the middle of December. And so that's my biggest concern when the light stays on for an off sensor. Right. Okay. So in um, other words, I should fix so that unless I carry a, one of those little gadgets that reads the reads it all the time to see if that's the reason the light is on. Um, and, and we do have some customers that, that are unwilling or unable to, to repair things, and we'll check their codes for them when they come in for service and make sure there's nothing new wrong. But that doesn't, mm-hmm. protect, that doesn't protect you at that random inopportune moment when something else goes wrong because you're not at the shop. Um, that being said, the, the knock sensor is an important sensor. It's there for a reason. When, when that warning comes on and it starts to ignore the knock sensor, the engine goes into like a base timing mode and a base control mode. Um, mm-hmm. not, not quite a limp-in mode, but it starts to ignore certain functions and doesn't function the way it's supposed to. This can affect your fuel economy, um, your engine power, drivability in some, some situations where it's not going to perform as well as it should. Or is, mm-hmm. it, is it going to cost you that much more money in fuel compared to replacing a non-sensor? Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> but it's not going to work as well as it right. should. And and you'll, you may notice some things. Some vehicles, it also will affect your, your analog brakes, your stability control, and other functions will, will stop working as well. In the 2004 Sienna, I'm not so sure. In a newer Toyota, the knock sensor light comes on, you lose some of your driver assist features that aren't going to function properly. Right. So it does become oh. more of a safety issue. Okay, well, that's what I needed to hear. I was waiting to call you guys because it's like, do I do it? Do I not do it? It's about a twelve hundred dollar job, you know, and mm-hmm. da 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 because of where it's located. So, um, well, you all said right. To, 
to maybe help with that a little bit. You you had said that you've taken very good care of the van, and I mean, yeah, twelve hundred dollars. I mean, that's a pretty typical repair these days. So, you know, that van, if it's still doing everything you want it to, it's probably good money spent. And and I want to I want to let you know something else with that. Okay, you've got this repair that's going to be twelve hundred dollars. In order to do those knock sensors, they probably have to pull off the intake plenum and the intake manifold yeah. <laughs> to get to this really difficult access location. Yep. That does a couple mm-hmm. things. It exposes your valve covers, which is a great time to take care of your valve cover gaskets if they're seeping. It exposes the spark, spark plugs. plugs. Um, which can be difficult to replace on some of those Siennas. It's a great time to take care of the spark plugs. So if you do other maintenance at the same time, because of the overlap in that labor, you may save Save. several hundred dollars in taking care of some other items in that same window when you get the knock sensors done. So talk to your shop about, hey, what else can I do when I'm in there that's accessible um, to make this worth it? Does that make sense? Oh, that's a great Oh, absolutely. Totally makes sense. I've just spent a couple thousand on the van previous for other things. So it's like, okay, here goes more. I don't mind maintaining it. I just couldn't figure out that. I mean, I always tell them, fix whatever needs fixing. Mm-hmm. But the knock sensor, which the check engine light, it just kind of drives me crazy. It's like glaring at me on the dashboard. So, <laughs> And everyone says, just put some, put some masking tape over yeah, it and it'll go away. No, don't do that. <laughs> All <laughs> right. Thanks for the call, Jeannie. I'll keep the appointment I have. I appreciate your knowledge. All right. Thank Thanks. you. Thanks for the call. 360-676-KGMI. You are in the shop with Brian from Dr. John's Auto Clinic, Dan from Bellingham Automotive. Honey, look what I brought home. Not a cat. You know I'm allergic. Well, you know what they say. When the cat's away, the mice will play. <laughs> Why didn't you just call Biobug? Have you had enough of playing cat and mouse? Biobug Pest Management is here to help. Whether you have rats or mice in your business, residence, or commercial building, Biobug is committed to providing a solution that's right for you. To learn more and get your free quote, visit Biobug.com. Biobug Pest Management. Service you trust, experience you expect. Now hiring service tech. If you're hearing this message today and you have faith in Jesus Christ, it's probably not because someone jammed a Bible down your throat. For those of you who have not received this free gift, make this the year that you ask for God's grace. Make this the year that you ask for his endurance and perseverance. If you still have doubts that God came down born of a virgin and you're still not convinced he lived a perfect life or that he healed the sick, that he walked on water or even turned water into wine, or maybe you're having a tough time believing a person who's fully human could be crucified, dead, and three days later be alive. If you have doubts about all this, you're not alone. Every Christian I know had some kind of doubt. Make this the year you believe. Believe that he died on the cross for you, that he wants to have a relationship with you, but he'll never force you to love him. But once you fully know all he's done for you, how could you not love him back? Have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year in Jesus' name. Amen. From our family to yours here at DD Insurance. Home. It's the heart of your world, a place where life blooms in every season. At Vista Materials, they understand the essence of home. Not just wood chips or firewood, but the warmth of a crackling fireplace, the crunch of wood chips underfoot. They don't just sell materials, they deliver comfort. Vista Materials in Ferndale, your one-stop shop for premier landscaping materials. Order online for effortless delivery. Prepare for fall and winter. Avoid muddy areas with ground cover wood chips. Visit vistamaterialsinc.com. Tuning into the high school football game. Monitoring the incoming storm. They say what I think, but smarter. Catching your favorite talk show. There's few of the reasons more than 80 million Americans depend on AM radio. And AM radio is the backbone of the emergency alert system, keeping you and your family safe in dangerous times. Visit wearebroadcasters.com to learn more and tell us how you depend on AM radio stations like KGMI. The latest local news and important topics of the day from the West Mechanical Studio. Tired of inefficient heating, poor indoor air quality, and rising energy bills? Contact West Mechanical today to explore going ductless with a system from Mitsubishi Electric Heating and Air Conditioning. Find them at westmechanical.net. Get the latest news and information 24-7 with KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM in Bellingham and KGMI.com.
CBS News Brief. Prime Minister Netanyahu has recalled Israeli negotiators from Doha due to what his office calls an impasse. Government spokesman Elon Levy on why the ceasefire ended. Hamas decided to terminate the pause by failing to release all the kidnapped women as it was obligated to do so and kidnapped children and by resuming rocket fire. High hopes at the UN Climate Conference with a timetable for saving the planet. Adair Turner chairs the Energy Transitions Commission. By 2050, we should be producing and using 70% less gas, 85% less coal, and as much as 95% less oil than we do today. Severe weather in the deep south this weekend. Here's Weather Channel meteorologist Kelly Cash. We've had some hail as big as golf balls. That was in Assumption Parish, eastern Louisiana, and will continue to be the threat for stronger to severe thunderstorms as we go throughout the day. CBS News Brief, I'm Peter King. Welcome back. You are in the shop. Brian from Dr. John's Auto Clinic. Dan from Bellingham Automotive. Taking your calls, 360-676-KGMI. And uh, we brought a few different things to talk about, but again, we'd uh, rather have calls from our listeners, so do take the time to call. Don't wait till the end of the show. And, uh, you know, was, uh, I always look for, like, the, the weird and funny um, oh, yeah. automotive <laughs> news and, uh, and see what pops up from time to time. And, and uh, I found something interesting that uh, there's a case going in front of the Supreme Court here pretty soon. Um, regarding the legality of honking your horn. Say it isn't so. <laughs> Say it isn't so. <laughs> Come on. Be- because the highest court in the land really needs to take their valuable time to determine whether or not you should be able to honk your horn. And why is that? Well, right now, in Washington included, in most states, you are only allowed to use your horn that's legally required to be on your car and be functional. You can actually get a ticket if your horn doesn't work. I don't know how a law enforcement <laughs> officer is, is going to determine whether it works or not in the course of their regular duties. He waves at you, and if you honk back, <laughs> then he knows. <laughs> but if he waves at you and you honk back, you're committing, you're committing a crime. An infraction, technically. An infraction. Infraction, um, yes. Um, so uh, apparently um, in another state um, – 69-year-old Susan Porter of Oceanside, California, honked her horn in to show solidarity with protesters outside the office of her local congressman. Upon honking her horn, she was immediate, immediately issued a citation for illegal use of the horn. And uh, although the charges were eventually dismissed, um, she was concerned that there was a law that said she could not use her horn to express as an expression of her free speech to support the demonstrators. And so this is being brought to the court as a demonstration of a free speech situation on whether or not it can be restricted. So soon we will find out whether honking your horn is free speech or not. And if the Supreme Court determines that honking your horn is free speech, then it is free game on your horn. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> It'll so, be like the semis driving past Bellingham Automotive. So I do have a horn <laughs> story for you. So last weekend, you said I was with Brad Barrett, and we were east of the mountains, and uh, we were just cruising up a county road in his pickup. Came around a. It's a kind of an S corner. I go there every year, and there's a train track, and then a stop sign. Or no, stop sign, then train tracks. So you stop at the stop sign before the tracks and you cross. In the dark, we are headed out to dinner. We pull up to that stop sign. And just as he starts to go, the train horn goes. That is a legal use of the horn. Well, yeah. But then we look back and it's a Ford truck parked in the corner <laughs> with a train. Never mind. Horn. This is what they do east of the mountains on a Friday night. <laughs> they scare the crud out of you when you're crossing a train track. So did they wait until you were on the track? They waited till he went. Oh, yeah, that as is soon fabulous. as he got that on the tracks, so I thought, wow. I, I thought it was terrible, but then I thought, man, I wish I would have thought of that when I was a kid. <laughs> I know a few kids that would <laughs> I think I just taught a bunch of kids. Oh, that's great. Um, now I hope my kid's not listening. Yeah, I know. Um, so yeah. 
mine was with me. So, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Interestingly enough, you know, when you're parked at the, the stoplight and the light turns green, the person in front of you is, of course, on their cell phone looking down. You can see them. Yes. And they're not moving. And although they are committing an infraction by using their cell phone and not moving, you are technically not legally allowed to toot your horn to get them to go. Because in Washington, the horn is only supposed to be used in a situation um, that is trying to alleviate a danger or an impending collision. So do you get out, knock on the window? No, I toot my horn. (laughs) I see. I would, too. (laughs) I I, I give them a couple seconds, and then I toot my horn. I've never been cited for it, but you know we'll see next week whether I we'll be giving out Brian's license plate number later today. <laughs> um, looks like we've got another caller here. We've got uh, Lynn on the line. Good morning, Lynn. Good morning. I just had a question. The lady with the Sienna brought it up. Um, I've I have a 2013 Honda CRV, well maintained, and a couple of times during the warranty period. Um, it had the actuator had to be replaced, and now it's doing the same thing, not under warranty, and I have to pay for it. And it's just a little grinding noise as I try to start it occasionally. It's worse in the winter. Is that something that's important to be fixed, or what's the deal with that? So uh, the noise that you're hearing, you're talking about the variable valve timing actuator? It may be that I just I know they called it the actuator. Yeah, is it like a is it like a little clattering noise for a few seconds that goes away? When as I try to start it, yes. Okay. As I turn the key. Pretty important. Yeah, I, if that's what we're talking about, yeah. I, I don't want to. I don't want to. We don't want to steer you the wrong way, but yeah, yeah. If it's a if it's in the timing chain, if it's the BVT actuator, it's uh, yeah, it's usually a lack of oil pressure that starts that problem. Are you checking the oil often? Um, I get it changed if the, mm-hmm. when it comes up. No, I don't really change. I don't check it. How long ago was it last done under warranty? Um, probably a year ago. So I, my recommendation, like if you come to me for regular service, you've had this mm-hmm. done under warranty at the dealership, and, 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 and we look at it and say, hey, you need to replace this part. And then you start telling me this story that you've had it done twice under warranty at the dealership, and the last time was just a year ago. Um, I'm normally going to recommend you call the, the Honda 1-800 customer service number yep. mm-hmm. and explain the situation to them that, that you just had this replaced. Because if you go to, to most shops, like, like if you come into me and, and I did that thing a year ago, whether I did it under warranty or not, um, I'm going to take care of it again for you. Correct. Because it's still under my warranty. And, and just, okay. just because I do something under warranty doesn't mean, well, now your warranty's void. I'm not going to stand behind the part that I put on. Mm-hmm. And this isn't that the dealer did anything wrong. It's a, an issue with the part or the design. And sometimes calling the, the manufacturer's 1-800 number, um, you'll find that, that they are more likely sometimes to be able to help you out than the dealership on their own is able to. Oh, that's great. Okay. That's perfect. Well, I will definitely check that out. So it is important to go ahead and get it fixed. Well, if it's what we're thinking it is, yeah. Yeah. So somehow it does have have an issue with with a a relay, the ignition switch, or the starter that can cause a weird buzzing noise when you go to start it. And and there's like this little little voice in the back of my head that says maybe we're, we're going down the wrong path with what Dan and I are thinking without hearing the noise or seeing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. either way, if it was something that was just done a year ago, even if it was done under the manufacturer's warranty, I kind of have a feeling that, that, that Honda, the corporate Honda, may be willing to help you out half price or do yep. something to, to soften the blow. I would agree. Perfect. Okay, well, I really appreciate your help. Thank All you. Right. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks for the call. <laughs> yeah, there have been so many times over the years with, with various manufacturers, mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and I've normally found like Honda and Toyota – are the ones that are um, Honda and Subaru um, that are the ones that, that have uh, at the corporate level um, in a lot of times done, done things to help their customers. Yeah. Out. They do it as a goodwill. And, and that's one of the reasons that, that Honda and Subaru have so many return customers, customer loyalty. 
and and they kind of reward that. Right. <laughs> I've I've had Toyota and GM do it as well. So there you have it. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, be aware of that if you have something a, a pattern failure item, something you've had done under warranty, and you start to have an issue again, that, that calling the the one eight hundred customer service number. It's in the your owner's manual. You can look it up online. That uh, that a lot of times they'll go out of their way to to help you out. Mm-hmm. Um, I would agree. So it looks like uh, yeah, we, we got another caller. No, yeah, not yet. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> uh, we're gonna take a little break. Come back, maybe a few more calls, and then talk about what the problem is with electric vehicle quality and uh, what's causing people issues. Consumer Reports reporting on some some problems. Three six zero six seven six KGMI. You are in the shop, and we'll be right back. Are you looking for an auto shop that offers honest quality service? Hi, I'm Kirk, owner of Angler Automotive. At Angler Automotive, we strive to make sure that all of your automotive service needs are met. Angler Automotive provides the factory recommended services that are required to maintain your vehicle's warranty. Angler Automotive, outstanding quality with honest, reliable service. Check us out online at anglerautomotive.com. week with P&W Perks. You can get two $25 gift certificates for the price of one at Menace Brewing. And yes, you heard that right. That's $25 worth of free beer. You don't need to go to Boston to find a place where everybody knows your name. Menace Brewing in Bellingham's Fountain District is family owned and operated and pet and family friendly. So when you're at Menace Brewing, you're always family. Whether you're looking for a place to catch a soccer match, test yourself on trivia night, or grab some delicious food from one of their rotating food trucks, Menace Brewing is your friendly neighborhood brewery. Stop by from noon till 10 daily and enjoy a refreshing craft pint. Bring your friends and make some new ones. So next time you'd like to get away, head to Menace Brewing on the corner of the Guide and West North Street in Bellingham. Thursday at 8 a.m., you can get $50 to spend at Menace Brewing for just $25. For more details, go to pnwperks.com or this station's website. Cheers! This message is for Karina, our mom who finished her high school diploma at age 28. Hi, Mom. It's Emmedith and Nicholas. Congratulations on getting your diploma. You worked so hard and have taught us so much. We We love love you. When you graduate, they graduate. Finish your high school diploma for you and for them. Visit finishyourdiploma.org to find free and supportive adult education centers near you. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. Welcome back. You are in the shop. This is Brian from Dr. John's Auto Clinic, Dan from Bellingham Automotive, 360-676-KGMI. We're going to be filling the rest of the show with calls, maybe. That's great. That's great. And, uh, you know, we've mentioned just a moment before um, some quality issues with electric vehicles. Ranking, um, if you group the vehicles by electric, hybrid, and gasoline-powered, ice engines, internal combustion engines without any hybrid use, the electric vehicle quality is ranking at the bottom of that list with uh, internal combustion engine vehicles in the middle and hybrids topping the list. Over the years, I've been amazed at some of the hybrids, um, especially the the Toyotas and the Hondas, um, how reliable they've been. The, The Prius, one of the most reliable cars I've seen in my career. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> by far. Um, they do have issues, some common pattern they failures. They get higher mileage, but uh, but for reliability and overall cost of ownership and maintenance has just been amazing. Boy, yeah, now those calls like are stacking calls up, too. are rolling in, so, too. You know, we should, we're going to have to just do a whole show on, on vehicle reliability and which manufacturers and which types of vehicles are, are ranking at the top, because some of it would surprise you. I would say you just talked about the one that's at the top. Yeah, there it is. Mm-hmm. Looks like we've got some calls here. We've got uh, Andy on the line. Good morning, Andy. Hey, good morning, guys. Happy holidays to you. You too. So listen, I'll throw this at you, give you a little quick backstory. I got my hands on a 96 Bronco. Um, it sat for about 10 years, had mold on the inside and the outside, cleaned up pretty nice. Uh, this was in August, and now I've noticed uh, – 
that when I turn it off and park it for a few days, often, for no reason at all, the brake lights will, will turn on, and that third brake light on that canopy piece will turn on. And usually it happens when I don't know about it, so the battery's dead by the time I realize it. Any ideas on what's going on there? It resets as soon as I go out and start the truck up again and turn it off, and it's good for due to the so three days or maybe so five days. So as soon as, soon as you tap on that brake pedal, yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say, <laughs> those lights the brake go first. out, and it's fine for a few days. So there should well, be. Well, you a... know, it's not even. It's not even that I touch the brake pedal. So when I park that for the day and turn it off for the rest of the week, everything's turned off. You know, behaves properly. But then several days later, it could be you'd see that those lights are on, or in the middle of the night, my spouse will tell me, "Hey, you know, the lights are on in the in the Bronco, and I'll have to go over there and turn it on and turn it off and reset it, if you will." I would still start by looking at the brake light switch. Okay. Which is That's, probably on a 96 right on the pedal, isn't it? I, there's a brake light switch on the pedal, and there may be the under the hood oh. a pressure switch on the master cylinder. And I'm not okay. confident. Sometimes that pressure switch will only go to the cruise control. Yeah. Um, but they, it, it's like a, a backup switch. So I'd be looking in two areas. There's actually a TSB on the one that's mounted on the pressure switch that's mounted on the master cylinder if it has one and it controls the brake lights. But generally speaking, what you're talking about is going to be a, a brake light switch issue, especially in that era of vehicle. If this, okay, was, good if, to if, know. This, if this was like a late teens Dodge truck, I'd be telling you to look at the tip them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Cost you a little yeah, bit more. <laughs> I, uh, I Googled it, you know, but then by the time I got through Google it, I was cross-eyed and couldn't figure out it. But, you know, from a cow, what am I looking at? So, yeah, go- and I'm... All the, all, the, all the answers are in Google. All of them. And there is a needle in the haystack. Right, right. I, I okay, think, I'll, I'll I, look at those two areas. Okay. Yeah, I think a brake light switch for that's pretty cheap. I, cheap. I think they're super Thank cheap. Goodness. I think it's something to go and just try. And, Get you might, one and, in, and you're probably only going to draw blood on one knuckle when you replace it. Mm, maybe two. Perfect. I think we lost, I think we lost him. <laughs> He's on his way to He's Napa. He's going to Napa Head now. Head to Bellingham Auto Parts. I bet they have one in stock. I bet they have two in stock. Probably. They're going to have two of them in stock. One of them's going to be their Eklund line. One of them's going to be their SB line. Get the there Eklund one. Get the Eklund one. All right. Looks like we, uh, we've got Lori on the line here. Good morning, Lori. Good morning. Good morning. I was wondering if you've heard about that, um, that China is going to restrict graphite exports and i wondered if that would have any impact on you folks and it's just a subject for another saturday but thought i'd throw it out there i have not but we were talking about electric vehicles and i guess graphite's a a big deal for them yeah there's a there are a number of raw materials in electric vehicles that that china has i wouldn't say they have the market cornered but they definitely have you know 80 to 90 percent of the world's production um within their borders one of the things on on these materials the the raw materials for electric vehicles that that like right now china is mining them and producing most of the raw materials and doing most of the refining the the issue with this with that is not that other people don't have them it's that China is able to do it in a fashion through coal energy and cheap electricity, controlled pricing, um, just job creation to yeah. keep keep billions of people busy um, for the economy, that, that they're doing things in, in such a way that it makes it not cost effective for others to do it. Correct. So, so we have these items available. We have lithium available in the United States. Um, we have have graphene available in the United States. These raw materials exist. They are here, but because of environmental laws, energy restrictions, cost of production, manpower, and other things, it's not economically viable to compete with a country that subsidizes its entire labor industry and workforce just to keep people busy and keep the economy growing. It's a, a different economic structure there than here. So it's not that we can't do it, don't have it, it's that we won't do it, and we're not competitive on a worldwide market. Um, I knew you guys would have the answer. <laughs> so if they re- if they restrict it enough, we'll ramp production up. That's yep. why the U.S. is at record oil production right now because oil supply from OPEC was restricted enough, and now yep. now the U.S. is producing more oil than they ever have. 
Good December to you guys. Thank <laughs> you, you too. Thank you. Um, there are so many things that you hear in the news, and it's presented in a, in a certain way, and it's the the economic or environmental viability that that causes us the limitations. I turned off the news years ago, I so I don't know any of it. <laughs> um, you know, uh, some of that will change, some of it won't. Um, it's the worldwide market when it comes to raw materials is yeah. not a level playing field, and uh, we're, we're we're on the wrong side of that. We are. <laughs> 360-676-KTMI, you are in the shop. Brian from Dr. John's Auto Clinic, Dan from Bellingham Automotive. Hi, this is Joe Tian from KGMI. This holiday season, it's more important than ever to do your shopping locally. Local businesses are and always have been the backbone of our local communities. When you spend your holiday dollars locally, it supports our families, friends, and neighbors and keeps our economy strong. So if you live here, please shop here. If you shop online, please shop on the sites of our local businesses. Celebrating our local businesses and community. Happy holidays from Cascade Radio Group and KGMI. We don't have the usual traffic jams that they have in the big city. But sometimes, things happen to snarl everything up. Depend on KGMI to keep you cruising to your destination with KGMI Traffic Alerts. We'll tell you where the trouble spots are. And if you see problems on the road, give us a call at 360-676-5464 so we can spread the word. KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM, and KGMI.com. Welcome back. You are in the shop. Brian from Dr. John's Auto Clinic. Dan from Bellingham Automotive. Kirk not around. Kirk's not around. He's listening. I know he, he is. is. He always is. And we've got uh, Greg on the line. Good morning, morning Greg. Greg. Whoop. Greg gave us the tone. Yes. <laughs> phone That's line problems. Great. Sounds like my phone line at work sometimes. Yeah. We've Are had, you on? We've, we've had some issues. Are you? Old? We're old school. Copper. Oh, twisted pair. So we're, yeah. Twisted pair. But but every time my, my Comcast internet goes out, I'm glad I got old school phone lines. <laughs> yes, that's true. That's true. I'm glad I have cell phones. <laughs> yeah. Save the day. So yeah. we're talking a little bit about uh, electric vehicle quality there. And I know you brought some stuff here too, which is which is pretty interesting as we as we make the transition. The transition's going to happen. It is. And it's going to be a good thing. And the question is how fast can can it happen? How reliable are these cars going to be? Right. And uh, can the dealers actually sell them? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. We both uh, have cars that we've recently purchased, and neither are electric. Neither of them are. And, you know, for, for me, part of that is is my driving habits. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I can overcome the ability to charge issue. Um, but but it's that, that range issue and being able to take longer trips. Like uh, – we went to see my my grandmother over in eastern Washington. Mm-hmm. She was uh, in a facility over in Sunnyside. And I've okay. got relatives in Richland, and uh, kind of ended up being a multi-purpose trip and doing multiple things. But but to drive an electric car over there, make the trips that we did in the weather that we did with an electric vehicle, there aren't many electric cars that would have been able to do what we had done without some severe inconvenience. No, and it, it brings in all kinds of like range range anxiety. Uh, I've got a good customer. Doug was in the other day, and he told me that he thought it would be cool. He went over, maybe it was Arizona, I I think, and uh, rented a electric car. And he said it was getting a place to charge. I mean, lots of places in Arizona, but lots of them fenced. You can't get in after hours or. Um, used too many people on them, uh, and he ended up. I mean, the, there's a lot more to it, but he ended up coming up about two miles short to getting it back. It ran out. <laughs> <laughs> they had to call him to get. He it had out. to call. Oh, him. Nice. <laughs> yes, and I, and now I can't help but every time I see any kind of electric car on the side of the road, it's out. It's got to yeah. be out of juice. <laughs> yeah, we were. But uh, you're telling me they break. So that, I, I, the Chargers do. Yeah. Um. You know, we were uh, we were down. On I eighty two, when we're we're cruising along, um, you know, doing like everybody else, five over the speed limit, and uh, moving with traffic, and this yellow car comes flying up behind us, swerves into the passing lane, goes right on by us. It was this beautiful Ford Mustang Mach E, mm. 
um, bright yellow. It was cruising, looked nice, super clean, shiny. And uh, then we we stopped at a at a rest stop, and then we got back on the freeway. And then about two miles down the road, we passed the Mustang Mach-E. <laughs> and uh, I don't think he ran out of uh, electricity. Um, but the uh, state patrol behind him um, <laughs> apparently wanted to take a look at the car. Wanted to check <laughs> it out a little. <laughs> yeah, I think he, he, got a, he got a ticket probably doing you know, 90, 85. I don't know. He was cruising. So he was more than five over. Yeah, could have been a she. I don't know. Went back too fast. I couldn't tell. Could have been. Um, apparently no charging problems for that car. No or reliability issues. Um, what's interesting with the, the Mach-E and you look at the, the dealerships is they're actually having problems selling them now. Yeah. Um, where in the beginning people put their deposits down. There yep. was super high demand. They were telling people they couldn't buy it and sell it for more money. Um, the dealerships couldn't sell it for over list price. Um, a lot of those things were happening. Yes. Um, but they there there weren't enough cars to go around, and then once that that initial demand waned, now you can you can go find one right now and get a discount on it. Yeah, yeah, that kind of happened with the Bronco too. That's right. You, you saw that with the Bronco, where people yeah. were ordering it, buying it, and then just putting it up for sale because there wasn't enough available. Now you can find them. Yeah. So what 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 I'm seeing are the the hybrid vehicles are the ones that that are have continued to be. You know the hot vehicles to buy, the ones that are harder to find, right? And and sell faster, um, both yep. new and used. But the electric vehicles, the straight electric vehicles, are dealers are having more and more problems selling them. They're in stock. And when you look at a, a dealership, when they bring a car onto their lot, they've got like a, a window of time to sell it. Otherwise, they basically have to start paying interest or floor costs to have those vehicles on the lot. So a dealership that has a, a lot full of vehicles that mm-hmm. aren't sold month after month. They lose money on those cars every month. They do effectively, and uh, and more and more dealers are and they're being forced to have these electric vehicles on their yep. lot that they can't sell, and it's costing them money for cars that don't have buyers. Well, it sounds like three thousand eight hundred and eighty-two of them have reached out to our president about it. To with concerns with about concerns, yeah. Um, the, I mean, the it, mandates. It started out booming, and uh, yeah, it's it slowed way down, and and that falls into. You know, from the economics perspective, as of the the early adoption, the early mm-hmm. adopters who who drive the new market. Um, but once those early adopters, which are a small percentage of the population, um, once they all adopt their electric vehicle early, the rest of the population, the rest of the public, um, for a number of economic reasons, one of them is just straight up income and the ability to buy a vehicle a new vehicle most people aren't out buying new right. cars right um they're buying used cars so you you run out of buyers relatively quickly and uh tesla has has been able to beat that for the most part yep. um selling the most electric vehicles their sales have softened well they've even backed down on production because of it yeah they're not able to move as, as many cars because they're running out of the i don't know the the tech bros <laughs> um which were the early Electric vehicle adopters were, yeah. were tech workers, mostly male, that go out and buy the, the, the newest, the hottest, and the most expensive. And uh, they're running out of those buyers, too. So it'll be uh, interesting to see as we move in this transition to electric vehicles on, on how fast the adoption is able to happen. Well, it's 20, 2032, right? 2035, 2030 in some places. You know, Washington has a, a more restrictive uh, date than, than the feds do, but we're coming up on the end of the show. Oh, uh, thanks for listening. You've been in the shop. Brian from Dr. John's Auto Clinic, Dan from Bellingham Automotive. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you next week.